Support for this podcast and the following message come from Wise, the app that makes managing your money in different currencies easy. With Wise, you can send and spend money internationally at the mid-market exchange rate. No guesswork and no hidden fees. Learn more about how Wise could work for you at wise.com. Thousands of Ukrainian children have been taken to Russia. Investigators say it's a war crime. This is the State of Ukraine from NPR News. The Russian government is operating more than 40 child custody centers for Ukrainian children who've been deported to Russia. That finding is from a report by Yale's Humanitarian Research Lab. However, the Russian embassy in Washington says the children were forced to flee to safety because of the war. The Yale researchers are partnering with the State Department to investigate potential war crimes as they happen. NPR's Deborah Amos visited their lab. Yale's humanitarian research lab is deep underground. A carpeted bunker beneath a campus library, a security measure, says Nathaniel Raymond, who heads the lab. We face complex cyber threats on a daily basis. There's a core of 20 researchers. They scour satellite imagery, social media posts, news reports, looking for patterns and connections that otherwise might go unnoticed. This is your workspace? Yes. Hi, everybody. Raymond is matter-of-fact about the daily cyber threats from government actors, he says, who want to shut down or slow down the online research. Though we may be here at Yale, in reality, we are inside the Ukrainian cyberspace that's part of this war. And you feel that? You feel like you're on the front line? The sort of joke amongst the team here is that we go to work in Ukraine every day from New Haven. Their latest report documents a systematic Russian program for the re-education and adoption of Ukrainian children, one of the most explosive issues of the war. The team says they've verified at least 6,000 Ukrainian children in Russia, but believe there are many more. The age category range from infants and toddlers to 18-year-olds. One team member who can't be named to keep his research secure explains how they know. We have very high-resolution, commercially available satellite imagery. You can see indications of both the presence of people as well as certain types of activity. There's a very large amount of material related to the patriotic education that these kids undergo while they're in camps. The report verified at least 43 camps, where some older kids get weapons training. The youngest are adopted by Russian families. All of them get a daily dose of propaganda. What we are seeing is the government of Russia and Russian leaders training and indoctrinating a generation of Ukrainian children. The Yale report is the most extensive look at the program so far, says Raymond. It shows scale. It shows chain of command. It shows logistical complexity. And he adds, the research shows the program is government-backed. This is not one rogue camp. This is not one rogue mayor or governor. This is a ecosystem of holding facilities for children stretching from Siberia to the Black Sea. It's a potential war crime under international treaties to remove children during a conflict or change their nationality. Russian officials don't deny Ukrainian children are in Russia, but insist the camps are part of a humanitarian program for abandoned, war-traumatized kids and have publicized the program for a Russian audience. Not a surprise, says Caitlin Howarth, the operations director at the lab. 
And I think that that is actually a really important tell about this entire story because you simply cannot move this many children through this many places and without their movements being noticed. In May last year, Russian President Vladimir Putin issued a decree that made it quick and easy to adopt Ukrainian children next to impossible before the war. In addition, the government provides support for Russian families who adopt, the biggest financial incentive for adopting handicapped kids. The first report on social media came just about the same time as Putin's adoption announcement, says the researcher. I believe the first places we saw this were on Telegram and maybe VK. And that's the Russian version of Facebook. Correct. And it quickly became clear that there was an enormous amount of information publicly available. For example, the group verified this online interview with a teenage boy from Ukraine. He says, I was told I'd be in this camp for two weeks, but it's been two months. Russian officials insist adoption is only permitted for Ukrainian orphans, although evidence shows some of the children have parents in Ukraine. A new law in Russia makes it harder for Ukrainian parents or close relatives to get their children back. The Yale report documents just 37 Ukrainian children return to their families out of the thousands who are still in Russia and have not returned, says Raymond. It is fundamentally the unconsented custody and control of thousands of Ukrainian children. So besides the criminal aspect, there's a grave humanitarian emergency here, which is kids separated from their parents, not only against the law, but against common decency. Investigating alleged war crimes is always difficult, but these open-source investigators have developed a trove of potential evidence. The Yale lab team are all young Internet sleuths who work to verify the data they dig up. It's like a cop shop, says Raymond, a cyber cop shop. The way to think about our role in this process is like the TV show Law & Order. We are the Jerry Orbach (laughs) beat cop side. Our job is to collect the evidence, what is happening on the ground that's available in digital evidence, and then how that comports or does not with the law. For the first time, war crimes investigators can collect perishable evidence while war crimes are still occurring, says Raymond. It's the future of war crimes investigations happening now. Deborah Amos, NPR News, New Haven, Connecticut. Thanks for listening to the State of Ukraine from NPR News. Please come back to this feed for more on the war and its impacts around the world. This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com slash NPR. Climate change can feel scary. But Shortwave is all about empowering you with knowledge. We find hope in the ways people and governments are innovating and searching for solutions. 
and all the ways that different organisms are fighting to adapt to that climate future, too. Listen now to the Shortwave podcast from NPR.